hero of it, Dave. That's right. He's not the hero that we need, but he's the hero that we get. <laughs> Albuquerque. Welcome to TV Soup, where uh, every week we'll discuss um, one or two or three or whatever we decide number of uh, TV shows that we're currently watching, uh, and we'll talk about all sorts of things related to those TV shows. So right now we're watching the series Better Call Saul on HBO, and apparently a lot of other people are as well, because it continues to stay high in the TV ratings. Um, and today is all about episode four of this new series uh, called Hero. And Jason, since you're currently reviewing the show, I'm going to let you uh, take the reins of our broadcast. Alrighty. So uh, have a great time, everybody, and uh, we look forward to your feedback. Way to like hit your mark on that, Dave. Actually, it just ended. It wasn't really me. Okay. <laughs> I was trying to give you some credit here, buddy. I appreciate it, I think. Okay, uh, so episode four is called Hero. We've had Uno and Miho and Nacho and now Hero. And if you're hoping that that theme continues, don't worry about it. It won't. Um, the next episode is just a plain old... You know, normal episode and title. But we'll get to that later. Uh, no need to talk about next week f- already. Uh, so this episode started out with another flashback. So we've had a flash forward to start an episode and uh, a flashback to start the other two or three. I know last week was like that. Was episode two a flashback beginning as well? Before you see, like, uh, before you pick up the Tuco scene again? No, I don't believe so. I think it started right away. Okay. Anyways, uh, the last couple weeks we've had... A flashback to start it. This time, um, last time he was in jail. This time we're in Cicero. Um, and I really like how they kind of play around with the news, with the timeline. They're able to uh, they're able to tell different parts of the story. And since they're just sort of inserting it before the credits uh, as the open, uh, they're able to clearly differentiate. They don't need to put any subtitles up on the screen that says three years later or anything like that. Uh, it's very clear to the viewer what's going on. And that's not just because uh, Bob Odenkirk is wearing a wig that he stole from the set of the Americans. Um, so we see them walking down the street, and uh, you know I noticed the Daily Herald newsstand right away. Did you pick that out right away? They walked right past the Daily Herald uh, like little news box. You throw a quarter and get a paper. I didn't, actually. Um, so I knew they were back home in Chicago at that point. Uh, so... He is clearly in his full slipping Jimmy uh, phase, right? Um, so it's in the summer, so he has to come up with a little bit more, uh, like a little bit more in depth of a scam, uh, and it involves you know fake Rolexes and a fake drunk guy who keeps calling you a butthole, uh, and a Mark who, um, you know, seems pretty stupid to be all, in all honesty, um, and you know. You learn a couple things from that scene, I think. You learn that... I shouldn't say you learn it. A couple things are reinforced. Jimmy is good at creating... um, Like, creating these scams. Creating these elaborate scams, if you will. uh, Where people, you know, have no idea that they've even been scammed. They'll find out maybe later on down the line. But for the most part, like, they think they're getting the better end of the deal. That's sort of his trick, if you will, that... He makes everyone else think that, you know, they're actually getting the better end of the deal when he's the one who's going to take them in the end. And that's 
um, maybe what people don't like about lawyers to begin with. Well, that's how you do it. It works really well for him, and everyone loves him. Um, so, you know, it, it, we're just kind of setting him up as a character. And he, uh, this is the first time in this show uh, that you actually hear him uh, use his moniker that he takes on later in life, Saul Goodman. You know, the guy who he's going to scam, asks him his name, and he just kind of brushes it off and, you know, gives him the Saul Goodman line. It's all good, man. It's all good, man. Uh, anyways, um, so when we come out of the flashback, right, uh, we're still in the woods. And this is, uh, you know, many, many years later when Jimmy is already a lawyer. He's able to think on his feet a lot more. And, uh, you know, they try and throw money at him. So uh, I think, you know, I, I wonder, Dave, if you were in this situation – would you take the money or would you just kind of turn them in? Because you're, remember, you're worried about Nacho killing you. You need Nacho to understand that you did everything you could to not screw him over, to help him out here. I have no idea how to answer that, I guess. <laughs> I suppose that is a movie theoretical. Never been presented in that situation exactly. Uh, but... Um, I would probably not take the money just because it would probably be easily traceable and identifiable. Um, and we already know the Kettlemans um, are not very good at thinking on their feet or scheming or anything like that. So yeah. I would assume that They're if they got money. caught you know, um, with all this money, etc., that they would probably just tell on everyone, including me. Yes, and I, I, I suspect that that may be coming. Later on down the line where, like, uh, they wind up telling that they gave some of the money to Jimmy. Because if they find them, they're going to have to account for all the money. They're going to know how much money they stole. Yeah, but they, they could have spent some already. And then, uh, you know, who knows who they gave it to, who they gave it to. So because they're guilty already, their their word is doesn't really matter that much. So perhaps from Saul's per, or Jimmy's perspective, um, as, Ooh, long, that's a drink. as long as he <laughs> as long as he spends it... Um, in cash and doesn't like spend too much at a time. Yeah. It should be okay. But well, he did. <laughs> he went on a little spending spree afterwards. Yeah, like you know, billboards and uh, really nice suits. And one of the other things that sort of flashes forward to um, to Saul Goodman is that when he's in that like tailor shop and he's trying on clothes, he he ends up uh, sort of looking at how maybe. Um, the suit would look, I think, with, with all the red and everything, which is what Saul is kind of known to wear. Yes, that's true. So he's sort of trying the himself. The orange shirt. He looks at the orange shirt. He's kind of trying himself on there. Yeah. Um, but what's interesting is when he in that shop, he's got a list, right, of all the different things that he wants. And it just kind of clicked with me. That's the list that's exactly, um, what is it, Mark Hamlin's suit. It's all of the very specific things about his suit. Uh, the same fabric, the same kind of buttons, uh, everything. Yeah, and he does the same thing with the billboard and tries to make himself look like the, the same kind of... Uh, he's, it's the opposite of what Chuck told him to do, which, which is to cut ties right. with, with his name and not try to associate himself with that agency. Instead, now he's trying to go sort of after them. Well, I, that's it. He's going after them. He's not... I, I don't think he's trying... He's trying to piss them off. I don't know that he's necessarily trying to drum up business by doing by looking just like them. Yeah, but that's going to happen too. 
Because sure, if you're dressed really nicely, have a good billboard. I mean, if if you notice, like the opening credit scene is a whole bunch of like cell phones, uh, which sort of makes me think that like, and now he's getting calls and like business is is actually yeah. happening. Yeah. So it's because of all this. It's because you have money that you make money. Right. You know, and and so now he's presenting himself as a successful lawyer, and therefore people want him to represent themselves. He's trying to find his niche. And one of the things that the Kettlemans say to him before he leaves them, it kind of, it really burns him, right? They, he, he won't take the money from them. And he's telling them, well, you could give it to me as a retainer, right? Uh, and then I'll be your lawyer and I'll work so hard for you, yada, yada. Uh, but they still won't hire him. Even in this crazy situation where he could easily blackmail them, uh, they realize he may not, or at least the wife does, because the husband doesn't seem to uh, make many of the decisions there. Uh, he stole the money, that's about it. Um, but they won't hire him as a lawyer. And they tell him, you're the kind of lawyer only guilty people hire. Mm -hmm. And they have themselves somehow convinced that they deserve this money, that they're innocent. Which I'm sure most uh, guilty people have themselves convinced that they're innocent, right? Um, but that kind of stings him. And that also sets him up, right? So criminals are stupid, just like the Kettleman's. They're criminals, and they're just stupid move after stupid move. Um, so anyone who's familiar with Saul Goodman as a character uh, can kind of see where the where this is going, right? Uh, you know, criminals are dumb people, and criminals, you know, for better or worse, are going to be the only people who are going to hire Jimmy and you know Saul as a lawyer. It's just kind of the way that. He has presented himself, that he's always carried himself. Even though uh, he kind of strives to be as good as his brother, he knows uh, in a very real way that he's never going to get there. He's never going to be able to match him. Do you see that? Uh, sure, except that his brother is, is crazy and has some crazy disease. So He doesn't think of his brother as the crazy guy right now. He thinks of him as the lawyer who used to be able to bail him out of any jail... You know, the guy who was very successful. So everyone has a lower um, idea and self-image of what they are, um, sometimes even when they become successful. Um, and a lot of what we're dealing with in this show is Jimmy's self-image. And um, that's why the first thing he does, you know, when he gets this money is, is like goes and tries to is up that, at least from like an external perspective. So, you know, we talk about a guy who has, like, the same suits every day. And, uh, yeah. you know, and now he's able to go out and, and buy some stuff and, and let people know that he is externally, if not internally, someone that is successful. And that's what he's been trying to do the whole time because he thinks, uh, which is pretty much true, that this lawyering business, you know, is all about, like, what people look, see when they look at you. That's very true. That's very true. Um, and I... It serves two purposes, him doing that. Uh, one, he is sort of transforming himself to look the role, right? Dress for the role you want, not the one that you're in. Um, but he's also, from the very beginning, from the moment he gets that money, he, he figures out a way to sort of launder it through his company as fees and stuff like that, um, which, you know, is a ma major part of his role in Breaking Bad. Uh, but, you know, he figures all this out, and he's got that money, and he's sitting in front of him, and he says to himself, uh, "Upon this stone, I will build. Upon this rock, I will build my church." And he knows that, like, he has to take this money 
And, you know, he can't just blow it. He has to do something good with it. But good is relative, right? He's not going to donate it to a church. He's going to use it to start his law firm, to really kickstart it. And he plans this whole stunt. You know, he knows that if he makes this billboard, that they're going to instantly issue a cease and desist. And that if he can make enough of an argument, they're just going to tell him to take it down. And that then he can pull the whole stunt that he pulls later. I must say, though, that look, so I like the show, and I think a lot of people are sort of are watching it right now and are very interested in it. And it's great that now he's sort of um, gone into that criminality mindset um, because he did accept that money from uh, the Kettlemans. But I, that's true. That's I, a good point. I still have problems with this this TV program because, like. Um, uh, what's the name of the uh, lawyer of the Hamlin, right? Hamlin, yeah. So, so I think this Howard sub- Hamlin. I'm this sorry. subplot is just sort of like weird and self-serving, like of like you said, him trying to attack uh, Hamlin and and all this stuff with Kim, who is now more of a main character. He was just using Hamlin. He didn't care to attack Hamlin. No, no, no. He's got the billboard. Uh, you know, he's he's. Doing all of these things, he did all of that in order to do the stunt with the billboard. Well, yes, but but that the, wasn't like something he thought up later on. No, the fact that you're doing that means that like the major plot points of this show are still like Kettleman's, uh, Nacho, Hamlin, and Chuck, and I don't think they're engaging enough. So I I need them to continue to build to to create a larger, better, overarching storyline. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, the, what I th- I mean, the little plots are just they they require a lot of patience and character development and sort of quiet story. They don't want to spend all the time on character development on those other stories. And where I thought that they would have been spending it is with Mike. And you know, you get Jimmy, you get a little scene with him in this episode. Like Jimmy pulls up to the toll booth, he says, "Hey, did you read it in the paper? You were right all along about that. Uh, you were right, I was right, we were right." But he's He's given him it. He's given him all the credit for it, um, but that's all you get. Like, there's no character development with Mike yet. The only character we have developed so far is Jimmy, and to a lesser extent, his brother and Kim and Howard, but barely Howard, Hamlin. You can see where I'm a little concerned, though, right? Just yes, because, absolutely. Because uh, the the, the plot lines are. are very like small plot lines. They're not they're not big yeah. things. And if, if that's all the show is, that's fine. That's one thing. But I feel like they need to develop something else. Okay. Uh, um, and and spoiler alert um, <laughs> uh, for anyone who doesn't want to be spoiled uh, by, by any information. But I have uh, heard, for example, that they are going to. Um, have at least one episode where they're in Philadelphia um, learning about Mike's backstory. I was going to say, yeah, he was a cop in Philadelphia. Because... uh, This show uses a lot of flashbacks. I'm not surprised. What I've heard from set reports is that in Albuquerque, where they're actually filming uh, Better Call Saul, um, they had portions of the neighborhood up with like Philly cheesesteak signs and Philadelphia signs, (laughs) store mart signs. So so I think they will uh, delve into that because... He definitely is probably the largest connector um, that's going to continue throughout the show with Breaking Bad. Because I don't think Tuco is going to be a reoccurring character. No, he may pop up here and there, 
But he's not going to be a regular character, that's for sure. No, it's Nacho, not Tuco, and that makes sense. Right, right. Um, Nacho's a more reasonable person to talk to. I'm just, Tuco is an, an insane man. I'm just a little afraid for them because they need to they need to take bolder steps to create some kind of larger storyline. Okay, I, I see where you're coming from on that. And I think that if this was uh, season two or three of the show, that people wouldn't complain so much about that. But there would also be a lot of established backstory already. So, not to plug another podcast, but they do a bra- uh, they did a Breaking Bad Insider podcast. Now they're doing a Better Call Saul Insider podcast. So, like uh, this, the one for the first episode had Vince Gilligan and Bob Odenkirk and uh, some of the other people who work on the show. Anyways, um, they talked about how because this show uh, was not subjected to a pilot like most shows are most shows they have to show an entire completed pilot to the network and then the network will decide whether or not to pick it up yeah they get the deal already because they're come from breaking bad exactly they were picked up immediately and they were able to just develop the whole season as a as a whole not one episode and then the rest of the season so they didn't have to spend the pilot developing all of the characters right away I, I get so that. they're able to do all of that very slowly i i understand so, that but I, it might not work out for them I agree with you. It may backfire on them, but the problems that uh, we're both seeing with the show so far are somewhat deliberate, and it causes me less alarm than it would uh, a normal show, is what I'm getting to. Um, So anyways, we're getting all kinds of awesome montages. I think there's been one in every episode, at least uh, three of the episodes. Um, And... uh, I hope that that trend continues because they're all really good at doing montages. You get a great song. Obviously, will yeah, and uh, and it's gonna be it's gonna be good stuff to look forward to. Every episode, you're gonna have something that's uh, you know less dialogue and more just interesting um, acting work and and music. Right, uh, you know, and you get all kinds of great lines. This is a classic David and Goliath story, right? He's trying to convince reporters of his story against Hamlin to try and drum up some more uh, business. This is before he does all the uh, stuff with the billboard. But I'm sure he had all that in mind anyways. Um, But, you know, he's saying, I'm talking about Woodward and Bernstein here. It's a miscarriage of justice. Uh, You know, he's... You get a lot of good lines. And I realize just now that by me reading them off, I've completely butchered them. So just rewatch the montage is my suggestion to you. Um, But what I like about... You know, having the montage there, having that sort of common element go through all of the episodes, uh, you have different people writing each episode of the show, different people directing each episode of the show. Uh, And with that, sometimes in certain shows, it gets a little, it it can kind of stray from what you're looking at. Sometimes you'll get a show that's way different than the rest. Like, uh, some shows are like that on purpose, like Doctor Who. Uh, sometimes we'll have you know Dr. Light episodes or episodes that kind of stand alone or uh, they're f- featuring a writer that has a much different style or something like that. Um, but in this show, it's all very consistent voice because, <coughs> pardon me, the showrunners, Vince, Gill- <coughs> Vince Gilligan and Peter Gould, are, you know, they're in charge of every, every, every episode. Um, so you've had a consistent voice, you've had great montages, and they're doing a really good job through the first four episodes that we've seen to make it feel like one flowing story. And that was the strength of ba- Breaking Bad, was that it was so addictive because you, it just flowed as a story. They didn't feel like episodes at all. Even though, like, 
every episode so far, we've dealt with a problem and come to some sort of resolution uh, and then, you know, set up a bigger problem for the next episode. You've, you feel like it's all just part of a large story. Of well, one long episode story. one didn't have a resolution. It was, episode, it was a two-parter. Episodes one and two were a two-parter. Uh, but you don't have to not, sell... Not officially, but technically. You don't have to not sell the series to me. You know what I mean? I know, but I, I just love the, you know, the consistency of it. It's They're doing a really good job. To make my point more clear, all that I'm saying is, I guess, uh, is, is that although this is the way that they have already decided to tell the story, which I understand, and, and what it looks like, um, you know, Vince and the other uh, people that work on the show are, are trying to illustrate through that podcast, for example, and the things they've said on it. Um, it's, it's really an issue with, with having a large audience. Um, developing things slowly, it doesn't seem to be something that's good for American TV shows in general. So uh, maybe HBO has sort of bucked that trend, and I hope it is, because yeah. just like series like The Leftovers, and you know, where there is something crazy that may happen, but in general, there's not a whole lot that happens with the overarching story. But the point is that there still is some kind of, um, of bigger picture. And in this situation, because it's a prequel, we know the bigger picture because the bigger picture is just that he, you know, becomes older and becomes Saul Goodman. So we already know that. Right. Uh, his entering into the criminal world and exploring around, and I'm sure he's going to fumble and there's going to be problems. And I think to talk it's going to be more like how he kind of skirts on the edge of the criminal world. Yes, well... I just don't. I want it to be more about that and less about Chuck and Hamlin and people that I don't think really matter. I don't mind seeing the Chuck stuff, um, and I think that Hamlin. He's a great actor. Chuck I just don't kind of understand the material. I mean, you know, like now he's out on the suburban street and can't really handle himself. And yes, we know that because he has this weird disease and yeah, he's, he's running around with his space blanket. <sighs> and my question when I was watching that is, why the hell do you live in the middle of the suburbs? If you have that sort of problem, that's his house. I mean, he's not going to get up and move. I mean, under his circumstances, it's been a year. You would think that maybe you should find a better place to go. He's not going to go somewhere. He can't even get out of his house. How is he going to move? Like that would be the most ridiculous logistical thing yeah. he's ever done. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. He's he's okay in his basement with with lanterns, you know, and he wants to stay there. And I, I get it. Um, and I kind of like the idea of having a character like that. It just seems like just pure weird comic relief to me. That's all. Yeah, there's several uh, good comic relief <laughs> like sets throughout the show, really. So, so Hamlin, so the Kettlemans, so Chuck and Mike, and like everyone around Jimmy just seems like an idiot. I don't know that Mike has seemed like an idiot yet. He just repeats himself he over seems and over very, again. He's he's a he's very curmudgeonly. I and he doesn't talk. He's not loquacious. <laughs> so well, maybe I don't include Mike in there. That's fine. But you know, basically, the people that deal with Jimmy uh, end up being a little off their rockers, um, and maybe that's why he turned out the way he did, and and is turning out the way he is, because he's been surrounded by this strange cast of characters for his whole life. Um, I do like the fact that there were like two sort of con man things in this show. Yeah. Um, there was well, the little one at the beginning and then the much larger one 
uh, like you don't realize it when you're watching it, but you know, if you go back and watch it a second time, you realize, you know, the second scam started, you know, as soon as he gets the money and buys the suit, uh, because he was planning it that whole time. Now I had asked you earlier tonight, uh, off air, if you had watched it a second time and you said, yes. So I want to know, did you notice when the guy falls off the billboard that everyone is surprised and shocked and Jimmy does not hide his surprise at all. He instead is like, <sighs> knowing that he's going to have to climb up there now. <laughs> and he's like, not like, like he thought about it, but he, he maybe didn't think it all the way through and think, Oh crap. Now I have to go up there. No, oh, that's cool that they have that reaction. I, I didn't notice that. No. I mean, I, I really dug that and I was, I was looking for it. I was like, okay, here it comes. I'm going to pay really close attention and see like how he reacts to it. Well, that's how the showrunners run the show, right? So it's the little things that they pay a lot of attention to uh, and and they make work. And it's good for us to be looking for those little things like you are. Um, so, so yes, I think that is really cool. Um, and I'm, I'm sure that I'll watch it again. It is... It is a good, fruitful 60 minutes, and uh, a lot of that has to do with the cinematography and direction and acting because it's all pretty good. Yeah, I am... uh, This show is certainly living up so far to the standard that Breaking Bad set, to the standard that these guys have set themselves in making television. Um, Now, you watched X-Files, so you have been experienced of some Vince Gilligan already uh, before Breaking Bad. Um, Yeah. you know, is it what you come to expect from him, so to speak? Because the X Files was was in the '90s, um, it's not exactly the same kind of. I not a good comparison. I, I wouldn't know if if that is really the case or not. Okay. Um, what what Gilligan does really well is this character development and uh, and tension, you know, sort of, um, right. and. And I guess montages, although it seems like something that happened more recently than <laughs> than previously. I, yeah. It's probably because of the crew he's working with. Right. I think it's kind of like a popular thing for them to be doing right now. And it's really fun. Don't get me wrong. I don't think that it's like some stroke of cinematic genius that they're doing a montage. I'm just having a lot of fun with it. Right. And it does serve its purpose as a common backbone through you know the whole series thus far. Uh, so, you know, with Space Blanket Man, uh, Saul hides the newspaper from him. And he's ashamed of the way that, you know, he did this stunt. He knows that uh, s- the smart people in his life are going to see right through it. And that means his brother, right? So he hides the newspaper from his brother. He can't look his brother in the eye. He just kind of drops off the supplies and runs away. Uh and his brother can tell that there's something wrong in her way. And his brother actually runs outside. We just talked about it a little while ago. Puts on the space, space blanket, runs outside, even manages to leave a $5 bill, right, <laughs> for the paper. Um, but then he gets inside and he looks at the paper and he knows what Jimmy did. Uh, so I'm sure that we'll deal with the fallout from that next episode. <laughs> um, but, you know, I don't know. He's not, he, I guess he's, I don't know, is he doing anything illegal? We're not lawyers. Who? I don't know if he really is. Jimmy. What do you mean, is he doing something illegal? Uh, I guess he didn't really do anything illegal. What do you mean? 
in his whole scam. Like, none of it was really illegal. Oh, I see. Well, you know, it's it's criminal intent, which is something that the law can prosecute, but it's not an actual crime. Intent. But he wasn't intending to commit a crime. <laughs> He's intending to get business, you know. To do a publicity stunt. Well, sure, but he's obviously he's he's done this knowing what it's going to do to other people, which is criminal intent. Yeah, you can't you can't just like and that's yeah that's a good point because that's that's how Jimmy knows that it's wrong and his brother's going to be disappointed in him. Well, exactly, and and it's not something that you can explain away. It's something that he already knew. He fabricated this whole plan and brought it to fruition, and and it is something that is. Not expressly illegal to go through the motions, but it is something that is not uh, someone who followed the law. You know, w- would not go through with this plan and and enact it. So yes, it's it's a criminal thing, and like you said, skating on the border of legality, I guess, is is how he's just going to be from now on. And, skating, way to put it, and and that that is what it is. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think, I think that, uh, the things that they do on their show to shows, um, every single episode has all these really interesting parts to it, um, that make up the whole. And that's what I like about this show is that it's just these little tiny sections of things. And like you said, a lot of, uh, um, you know, going back to the past, uh, some of going into the future. Yeah. So we're we're just going to be exploring, I guess, uh, all around in Jimmy's life, and that's cool. That's what it's supposed to be. But um, I'm still looking for that uh, some other thing that's going to pull me into like um, wanting to watch not only episode five but season two. Right. And I don't get that yet because all I'm getting is. Well, here's a reason for you to continue to watch the show because the characters are being developed. And I need, like... It's almost like you need to keep watching the show to keep up with the character development. Not like, oh my god, stay tuned to find out what happens next week. Well, of course not. I mean, and it's not hanging off a cliff, but... The show is still riding on its pedigree and not its own merits. Yeah, it, so I understand their point maybe to develop this over a long period of time. I'm just wondering uh, when that... Is. <laughs> when that might happen. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, do you have any other thoughts about Better Call Saul so far? No, except I'm looking forward to next week's episode. And cool. uh, what's the title? Uh, next week. Oh, I need to look that up. What I I had a question for you though. Uh, are there any other shows that are airing now that uh, you're into? Just a quick uh, rundown of names, mostly. Oh boy. Well, we're talking about all TV. Um, sure. I I think there's a show, another show on HBO, which is called Togetherness, which is kind of a funny show. It's sort of a sitcom-y HBO show starring some people you might know from the league and some other places, um, and it's a pretty funny, like uh, like dramatic dramatic comedy. Uh, but you know, being HBO, they they sort of are able to go a little over the top, so that's cool. Uh-huh. Um, Agent Carter is really good, and that is a show that's that's sort of belongs to the Marvel universe except it's in the past it's it's like in the um I think the um what like the 50s yeah like the 40s and 50s or something okay so this is after like Captain America you know like he ends up 
getting buried in this big ice thing. Right. And you know he doesn't come out watching the Avengers and stuff until until more until present recent day. day. But his sort of girlfriend at the time, who was also working uh, on the front lines, um, is this Peggy Carter. And now she's working with the SSR, which is uh, like the special services um, sort of division. They're in like this uh, AT&T building, which is obviously <laughs> up front or whatever. Um, but it's great. It's, it's close combat, like uh, very well um, done TV series, which is probably going to somehow intersect a little bit with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Avengers and Captain America and all of Marvel's properties. So if you're into Marvel, I would suggest that because you know they all kind of overlap. Yeah, you know, I really got into the Marvel Cinematic Universe and with the movies and then, like, I don't know. I watched the started watching S.H.I.E.L.D. and uh, I just didn't finish the whole season and now it, it, it almost feels like there's tons of it and it's running away. <laughs> well, it's stacking up. Of course. And, and a lot of people said they didn't like the beginning of S.H.I.E.L.D. and it started getting better towards the end, which I kind of agree with because they started stacking the cast and like paying more attention to the storylines and hiring right. new writers. Right. So they is, realized they were slipping. It may be something that you need to get over the hump with uh, if you're into I, that. I could do thing. that. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely am. Um, and then there is a new show on Fox. Uh, that's coming out soon and that is airing on the let's see I think it is this next Sunday which in relation to those of you who may not be listening live is March 1st and that's called The Last Man on Earth and uh, that is with Will Forte and basically he's the only person on Earth I remember hearing about hearing about that it starts on Sunday Cool. And it's going to be crazy. Like, there's nobody around. So it's just like Will Forte just wandering around. Like, why isn't there other people here? <laughs> crazy. And it just seems very, like, Big Lebowski-ish. Like, he's got a beard and, like, long hair. And he's just, like, wandering around, like, an art museum. Or he's at, like, a football field. He's like, is anybody here? Come meet me in Texas. He's, like, in Fort Worth wow. or something. Uh, so it's a very interesting concept. And I'm definitely going to watch it. And I don't know if it is uh, more of a comedy or more of a drama or more of like a science fiction. I have no idea. So who knows? But that's something I'm interested in. Um, and uh, there are a lot of shows coming back from spring break. Uh, well, for the spring. Right. And uh, I'm not going to list them all off, but a lot of those are um, pre-existing shows. Yeah. And we could definitely talk another time about you know, like what new shows are airing, but I'm not familiar with all of them at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I've been watching lately. Top Gear is in its one of its longest seasons that it's had in a while. They're doing ten episodes. Um, it's been up and down. There was some good stuff in uh, Australia. Uh, there was some weaker episodes. Last week they covered La Ferrari, and they kept calling it the Ferrari, the Ferrari, because that's what it literally translates to. Right. Um, so. Uh, that's been good. Um, I've been watching Justified. Also, uh, slightly disappointing. They're in their last season, um, and uh, there's two main and there's you know antagonists and protagonists throughout the whole series, uh, Raylan and um, Boyd. And you know, you sort of expected this season to be the one season where they finally really come together and uh, clash against each other the whole time. And it's been kind of a letdown in that sense. And it's also a letdown in that uh, it's not as good as it was before. Um, so that's just uh, just the way it is, I suppose. Uh, last season of the show, uh, I'm sure I'll enjoy the ending, but um, I'm glad I watched it. I suggest watching Justified as a, as a 
series to anybody. Um, but, you know, not every... Like, some people didn't like Lost when it finished. Um, but maybe in retrospect, it'll look better when you know the ending. Lost had a terrible ending. And most shows have a terrible ending because shows shouldn't end. They only end because the people have to go on to work on different projects. Shows should have stories should have a definitive ending. They should end it before people have to go on to other projects. I don't agree. I don't think that shows need to have an ending. Life goes on; it continues to go on forever. Uh, it, it, not everyone has to die, and, and not everyone has to have a conclusion. I I know some people think like, I'm not saying that. For example, my my girlfriend she she doesn't like when we watch a movie and the movie doesn't have an ending. She's like, well, what happened? Why don't they tell me? You know, and I get that. I understand that. But I don't think th- that way. I prefer when things are open-ended. Okay, so what sort of ending did you like better? Uh, the ending to Lost or the ending to Breaking Bad? Because they're very different, wouldn't you agree? Well, we could do a whole show on, on how to end a TV show. Okay, but, I mean, <laughs> give me a short answer. Do you prefer... I'll, I'll sum up what I think I'm saying. Do you prefer an ending that is going to not necessarily just end everything, but be more crisp and concise, or one that's very open-ended? It seems like you prefer the open-ended one, but you just said that Lost has a terrible ending. It does. Okay. You don't like the way it was executed, then? Did you watch the show? Yes. And you like the ending? I don't have a problem with it. I wouldn't say that I like it. It's easy. They did it because they had to do that. It is. It's a cop-out. It's because they, they, they... we're like, you know, putting out so many different uh, pieces of string that they yeah. couldn't they couldn't get to the end of all of them. In fact, there was no way to do that because they weren't writing it correctly. Yeah. And and so you get to the end and you're like, well, it just has to be something totally off the wall then because we can't get we can't see our way <laughs> to the end. We can't actually of it. complete it. And and Breaking Bad, well, I won't go into specifically what the ending is. There is still the possibility that some of those characters are still around. Sure. It doesn't completely wrap it up that tightly. It wraps up a... Okay, we'll leave it at that. We don't need to discuss specifics. On <laughs> um, and then one more show that I've been enjoying lately. But, but I'm not against Breaking Bad's ending, if that's what your question is. I guess I just wanted to know which style did you like more. Well, I don't want to say that I like one style more than another. I just don't need to have that. Okay. That's all. Sure, I like movies. There, there's plenty of movies that I like that have no ending. Like Pulp Fiction has no ending. Yeah, because you're not just going to... I mean, those... In fact, the ending is the beginning, is the ending. Yeah, that's a Smashing Pumpkins song. I know. <laughs> okay, uh, I've been watching Black Sails as well. Um, that is a show that's on Stars. We we have tried out many different shows on Stars with varying degrees of success. Well, I used to watch Spartacus. I liked the first uh, season or two of that. Yeah, show, Yeah, there was example. Spartacus. Uh, I never really got into that. Uh, we watched Torchwood, but we kind of both agreed that it was worse than it should have been. Um, For other reasons, I watched uh, Boss, which I liked. I watched Magic City, which I liked. Uh, but what they got now is Black Sails. It's kind of a pirate show. Well, none have had such great critical success as like HBO shows and AMC shows yet. Very true. But Very they true. will eventually when American Gods comes out. I think that is totally correct. And I want to be able to say that I watched all these crappy star shows to earn American Gods. But Black Sails, not crappy. Uh, and neither was Although Boss Stars, Stars or has other shows that are good, like Magic uh, City. They have one called uh, Party Something that has a lot of really good people Party Down, it, and that's a really good show. Yeah, that was uh, that's an older show. Isn't yeah, it? Um, and then there's another show that that people should have on their radar, which is Fortitude, which I still haven't gotten around to watching yet. But it's basically Fargo in the Arctic um, with a great cast, 
And yeah, it, I think we mentioned that a couple weeks the ago. The reviews are, are out and they're very good, but I, I still haven't gotten around to watching it. Yeah, the the list of the people who are on Party Down is like, that's crazy. Yeah. And it's directed by Fred Savage, who directs most of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. It's a good show. It's kind of Always Sunny in Philadelphia-ish, except all the stuff happens in like this uh, catering company. Um, and I thought it was funny, mostly because at the time I was working at like, in the service industry. And so, you know, if you work in a restaurant or anything like that, how crazy the people inside of it actually are. And this is uh, not not that it's insight into that or anything that anyone doesn't already know, but it was very cool, uh, very well done. And you could tell that this is the kind of stuff that like all these actors and actresses had probably done before because they were very familiar with their skin we should each week uh on this tv soup show talk about one old show be like 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 one recommendation of a show to go to go marathon okay we'll go back and forth on it that's cool so you know we could recommend party down this week okay well i i would (laughs) totally recommend that great great show to to go through a marathon it's probably on netflix or something or if it isn't it will be um I don't know how stars and Netflix are uh, in relation to each other. Or if it isn't, it's other. somewhere on the internet. But, Not that uh, I'm suggesting that you do anything illegal. <laughs> well, there is this app called Popcorn Time that I've heard allows you to watch whatever you want. It's interesting. I certainly don't um, you know, sponsor that in any way. <laughs> and I've never used it myself. Uh, regardless, uh, we'd be interesting, interested to hear from, from you guys as far as what you watch etc so feel free to get in touch with us and let us know that um and we will probably end up sticking with this uh series all the way through um the season yeah i Um, agree but i mean there's always the possibility that we start to not like it um and i don't want to make anybody think that i'm there yet because i'm not but i do i'm looking for them to give me something more right uh and you know i you know I think I'm definitely going to stick with it. Uh, but we'll see what happens. And, I, and I'm excited to see how this develops and how, you know, I trust that the writers have uh, done their job and delivered a good story. We just haven't seen it all yet. You trust. I trust them. <laughs> I do. That's cool. I, I like the guys who run this show, so I I think that they might do well as well. But I, I, I don't have a particular brand of trust for any... Uh, people that work in Hollywood. <laughs> well put. All right, Dave. Uh, you wanna you wanna carry us out? Uh, sure. Well, um, uh, again, we'll be having uh, TV soup every week, and uh, check out our other podcast, uh, the Retro Spectacle, as well as the Fantasy Football Podcast. When we do segments of that show before the actual football season begins, we'll get to it from time to time. And uh, for Jason Evans, I'm David Biggs, and uh, drink five, everyone. Good night. <laughs>